Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me again via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, it's only been four days since we last talked, but man, we got a lot of stuff to go over. <laughs> they were they were great four days. Yeah. They really were. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, last night especially, uh, I was at uh, I met my buddy Kenny, who's a big Islander fan. At uh, we went to go see the uh, Interpol played at the Garden with a couple other bands, and cool. uh, yeah. And, um, so I was watching most of the game at uh, that. It's like some big food hall. I can't. Remember. Oh, the Penzi. I was just uh, like right above Penn Station now. Oh. Um, they had, they didn't have like the volume on, but the game was on, and I was watching it um, for for like the most part. And uh, just it was funny because I like it's it's there were a ton of people in there, and nobody was really watching the Islanders. Like I, <laughs> I think it's like a big meetup spot. Like hey, we'll meet here, get a drink, and then go wherever we're supposed to go. Right. And uh, I when Ryan Pollock scored that first goal, I just kind of fist pumped it silently to myself and like kind of just looked around to see like if there was any other reaction and there wasn't. 
But I just wanted to get on a microphone and say, like, the, the first place New York Islanders just scored, everybody. A <laughs> uh, guy at the gym pointed out my Islanders hat the other day, and I meant to ask him, like, are you a fan or something? But I, I didn't know. But but it's a, it's it's kind of happening. Like, you notice, you know, more Islanders stuff around. I certainly have noticed it more in the city going to work and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Butch and Brendan said it after Saturday's game uh, against the Oilers. Uh, they just keep winning, and, you know, they keep – they keep finding ways to win and, and doing different things. They played two games since the last time we talked, but uh, we got a trade deadline coming up. We got all kinds of madness going on. We got stuff in Bridgeport to talk about. Uh, we have some uh, some straight fire from Twitter to talk about. So, yeah, it's been a great four days uh, of drama uh, You know that uh, should set us up. So if you're listening to this uh, on your day out from work, Enjoy it. Hopefully, it's fun. If you're listening to this on your way to work, hey, uh, you know it's it's Monday, so uh, you know there's only a few more days left in the week, <laughs> I guess. But this will be still good for the rest of the week. Um, and uh, well, uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, don't worry. There's still probably concrete in the toilets at Nassau Coliseum, so that re- episode will definitely still be relevant. Um, but let's start. Very, it's very very relevant. Yeah. This week. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that too. All right, now I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so let's start with. Um, Last uh, Thursday's game in Columbus, uh, 3-0 Islanders win. I thought it was a very even game between two pretty evenly matched teams, but um, it it was definitely kind of a vintage sort of Islanders performance. Uh, Columbus had their chances, but uh, the difference in the game was really uh, the Islanders buried theirs. Uh, Casey Zizekas had two breakaway goals, which was great for him to see. Uh, Josh Bailey had kind of an insurance goal uh, just at the end of the second period, which John Tortorella even pretty much admitted <laughs> kind of took the wind out of his team's sails, and uh, that was going to make it very difficult for them to come back. And Thomas Christ was just outstanding in that game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, it was a pretty even game, and you know the Islanders did what they do they they kept the you know high danger chances pretty low, and they just were very patient. And when they could strike, they did, and it just so happened to be Casey Zizekas twice. And I know I was pulling for a hat trick. <laughs> Probably a lot of other people were too, but uh, I think Casey will take that two game, uh, two goal game, and uh, and a shutout, and walk on to the next one. Yeah, it was really great to see him. I have, he's like somebody who, when he's on a breakaway, I just have so much confidence in him mm. because you just know he's gonna, he's not gonna try to overdo it. Right. He's not. Yeah, and uh, and so I, I knew that was going in once I saw it was, who was on the first breakaway, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean I. I spoke to a couple of people after the game and it was the same sentiment. Like my brother felt the same way. Um, our friend, Matt, who's, who's an usher at the Coliseum, uh, called me the next day to talk about the tennis and whatever. And, and, um, he said the same thing I was thinking, like, you know, I just have a bad feeling. I thought mm-hmm. uh, about this game. I thought that the Islanders would lose this game. It's, uh, we say it a lot. This, they, they, they're, they're all these games that we're used to, like these spots where the, we're used to the Islanders coming up short and they did it. They like, that game was uh, just very well played. I mean, the, both games were, but I was more impressed with the the Columbus game. Even though, I mean, yesterday was maybe one of, one of their better performances of, of the season. But like, I was more impressed with the Columbus game just because I did not expect them to win that game at all, mm. and I and I was just I was thrilled. My my favorite part might have been the the post game press conferences and stuff. Um, with Tortorella, um, Seth Jones had some. Aaron Portsline had a really nice piece on the Athletic that I, I mentioned in the comments over Lighthouse Hockey that was extremely complimentary and was like they were just talking about how just patient that the Islanders are and how stifling they are and how they're hard to play against. And it was like 
this is the greatest thing I've read about the Islanders from an, another point of view uh, in a very long time. And it was pretty cool. And then to see Tortorella talking about them in the postgame press conference, like he didn't seem even mad about it. He was just like, yep, that's what they do. That's what they did to us. And it's over. Uh, so, yeah, that was a that was a, a, a really cool performance. Again, like they came up big in a big spot and, and took a, a further lead in the, in the Metro against a, a pretty tough Metro opponent. So then we get to Saturday's game, the game you watched uh, at the food hall over there uh, without the sound. Uh, with the sound, it was a very entertaining 5-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers, who I said last week were coming in on a back-to-back uh, against uh, the, the Carolina Hurricanes the night before. But um, same thing, like I, I thought the Islanders were and Oilers were pretty even through the first two periods. Uh, uh, Ryan Pollock and Devon Taves were really, really standing out those first two uh, Pollock had one goal and he missed a second one by maybe an inch, maybe not even. He just rang one off the post. Uh, Taves was very, very good. Uh, the Islanders had a, uh, a 2-1 lead. They gave up a goal really late in the second period, which they hate to do. But came, went into the third with a 2-1 lead and just took a ton of penalties, which is really odd for this team. And, you know, I, I think they were all legitimate penalties, but you never want to give the ninth best power play in the league uh, that many opportunities, but the penalty killing was great, and they somehow managed to tack on a bunch more goals. Uh, Anders Lee had a goal that would make it 4-1. Well, the, the Islanders make it 3-1, and then the Oilers make it 3-2, and then Anders Lee at one point came out of the penalty box, scored a goal to make it 4-2, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Again, you could see the, at that point the Oilers were kind of done, and, and uh, you know, it, he, Lee had a fight in that game too, which is something we haven't seen too many times this year from anybody. But, uh, you know, the numbers kind of gave the edge to the Oilers. But, again, I thought through the first two periods it was pretty even before the Islanders just sort of weathered the, the penalty storm and then took over. And then it was over. And even, again, a lot of Oilers writers afterwards were like, yep, that's pretty much how they do it. That's it. <laughs> the Oilers aren't that good, and the Islanders are, and that's why they're leaving. So, you know, what are you going to do? But it's all TCB, taking care of business, and that's what they did. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's just, <laughs> those were two, two TCB wins by the Islanders in a TCB season. Hmm. Basically. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it, that was definitely a, a very much vintage Oilers game in that whenever Connor McDavid was on the ice, they were very, very dangerous. And when he wasn't, they were not. And I mean, that's why McDavid played like 30 minutes in that game, uh, because what else are they going to do? They have to play him. And Leon Dreisaitl had a goal and, uh, you know, they they got their chances. Again, I was surprised at how skewed the numbers were in, in Edmonton's favor, because for the eye test wise, I thought both teams because they kind of traded. You know, waves of stuff, uh, waves of action. Um, but uh, you know, you can't, you can't. And then the Oilers kind of took over in the third because they were on, the, they were on the power play the whole time. But uh, it was fun. It was a fun night. Um, it's always fun to you know beat a Canadian team on a Saturday night. I'm sure a lot of Oilers fans watched it and were like, really, seriously, these guys. Um, but uh, as of right now, they're off for three days, and then they, uh, the Islanders, appear again in Western Canada on Wednesday night against the Calgary Flames. That's going to be tough. Uh, the Flames recently had a four-game losing streak. Their goaltending has been kind of spotty lately. Uh, so they snapped that streak with a win in Pittsburgh uh, over the weekend. But hopefully the Islanders are catching them at a good time because, man, that team is really, really good. And uh, I, they play the uh, the Flames, Oilers, and Canucks uh, in the span of four days. And that's a, that's a tough gig. And I'm just going to be honest. Like if, if they take two out of the three of those, I'll be very, very happy. And they can just come back, and I'll be very satisfied. Yeah, I think uh, the Flames are they're, obviously they're coached by Bill Peters, who used to coach the, the Hurricanes. So you know what they're going to do. They're going to play this very uh, high event style hockey, and 
the Islanders are, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to be tuned into that one to watch how uh, the Islanders are. You, they haven't played a team like that, I guess, since the Lightning, I would say. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of another one, really, that, like, really pushes the tempo. Like, like, well, the like, Bill Peters' old team does do that, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I think I think the Islanders are kind of uh, a, a tough matchup for, for a team like that, and uh, it'll be interesting. It's. It, I was thinking about this when I was looking ahead at the schedule. Just thinking, of, uh, I was watching NHL tonight last night too, and Travis Hamonic scored. And I was just thinking about, you know, I feel like Travis Hamonic probably was just begging to play this style of hockey the <laughs> Islanders are playing. For he probably walked into the office. He's like, you know what? I think we should just do this instead. You know, like focus on defense. Let's let's be structured. I think whatever. And then uh, now he's in Ca- in Calgary playing the Carolina Hurricane style hockey, and I'm just like, let's get. <laughs> this guy is just built. He's built for this for Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz and Travis Hamonic are built for each other, and uh, they'll just, they just never cross paths. But I think actually, yeah, matchup wise, that that'll be a a, a decent uh, litmus test again for the for this juggernaut Islander team. And uh, yeah, and then I think the other two games, you know, the, the Islanders are clearly the better team, and uh, hopefully they just TCB those two teams to death. Yeah, um, you know, I guess the, with with the Flames game, it's it's very much like the Leafs game. Uh, back in December when they went into Toronto again against a team with a very high-powered offense that's known for taking lots of shots and pushing the play and came out with a 4 nothing win. So, I, I mean, I'm not expecting another shutout, uh, but uh, I, I definitely think the Islanders have a chance. But, you know, whenever you go on those sort of long Western trips, it's, uh, it's pretty dicey. But they do have three games in between. Uh, which is kind of a nice, uh, a nice little rest uh, for them. They were off today. They're going to practice tomorrow, I guess. Fly out and then probably practice again uh, out in Calgary. So that works out pretty well. Um, so those are the two games they played. Again, uh, four big points. Uh, right now they're, I believe, up five points on the Caps. Is that right? Uh, and then seven over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Caps play tonight, I think, or they played today. Uh, I don't have the thing in front of me, and I don't feel like clicking around to yeah, get they it. Play the, they play the Ducks. They're on the road in Anaheim oh, okay. tonight. Oh, right. It's uh, Scott Niedermeyer night in Anaheim, which is yes. pretty damn awesome. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so pending that, you know, we'll see what happens. The Caps play tonight, and then they play again before the Islanders play that game against the Flames. So things could change uh, pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Islanders have done what they needed to do, get those points and, and move on and hopefully get some more. And, you know, it'll be nice when they come out on the other side and they'll have games in hand on these teams. Uh, so, again, the three-day break uh, works for them that way. Um, there were a couple of other kind of newsy bits uh, in Islanders land, I guess, in in no particular order. Uh, on Friday night before the, the Oilers game, they announced you, you always know when it's always big news when they dump it out at 830 on a Friday night or whatever it was. But um, they announced uh, the playoff uh, locations for the Islanders. Uh, should they make the playoffs? First round will be at Nassau Coliseum. Subsequent rounds will be at Barclays Center again, provided they they, uh, you know, access those rounds by by continuing to win. Uh, it's a little disappointing, but at the same time, I, I mean, it's hardly a surprise to anybody. This is kind of what, the way it was trending and we all kind of figured it would be that way we were all hoping i think that they would play games at the coliseum because the atmosphere but hey you know what it's the playoffs so like i'm i'm not concerned that those games aren't going to sell out and aren't going to be loud because they were when the islanders played in the playoffs there a couple years ago so there you go suddenly those crappy seats where you can't see a piece of the ice all of a sudden get sold and everybody's happy and they're in the building and hopefully the islanders do their thing and that's the way it's going to be so what are you going to (laughs) do yeah i'm i think you you hit it right. It's just definitely disappointing. Just um, 
but you, you kind of catch yourself. You're like, wait a minute, that's the definition of a good problem, <laughs> basically. Uh, I, 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 the, the, the things that, that, the thing that pisses me off about this whole scenario is that the, the league, if you turn on NHL Network or if you go to NHL.com or read an article about anything, when the Islanders are playing at Nassau Coliseum, they just talk about how, you know, this is how hockey is supposed to sound. This is what home advantage is all about. Like, isn't it great how this arena is so intimate? And then, then they call it not up to major league standards <laughs> in, in an yeah. official press release, which also name dropped the governor of the state for some reason. And uh, so, like, there's, there, like, I just think that that the handling of the situation has just been so bad for so long that the fact that they're even playing around at the Coliseum is awesome. That first round should be great. Hopefully, they 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 are able to get get two Barclays Center again this season. Uh, I do find it a be a tad coincidental that the uh, same week that this stuff came out about the toilets and uh, the concrete <laughs> in the toilets, uh, that the the league decides to you know nip it in the bud basically and just mm. go 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 through with what what their plan and name name basically said like hey it's not up to standards which we saw in that article by Mark Burner last week mm. like yep yeah, exactly it's not up to standards and part of the reason is because the guy who owns the place sabotaged it uh but yeah right. al- al- allegedly yeah <laughs> uh, but uh it's it's so yeah disappointing but i thought actually matt martin made a really good point and, and kind of changed the way i look at barclays center now and and um he's he's i mean all the players said i was happy with the way every players what every player said like they made it known that they're not thrilled about this decision either. Hmm. Uh, they actually reflect the way fans felt in to the media, which has been nice to read. But Matt Martin said, you know, like let's look at it this way: the Barclays Center has to have a place in Islander history, like a positive place, because if the Barclays Center didn't take the Islanders in, who knows where the Islanders are? And when he said that, I'm like, you know what? That kind of gives it a different personality and like a different identity in my mind. Hmm. Sure, it's not the Coliseum, but like, you know what? Like, it's just a part of who we are now, and. Hmm. Uh, you know, if they're playing playoff games at Barclays Center, like that means that they're in the second round and third round and wherever. So uh, let's, you know, take it for what it is. It sucks that the if the Islanders, uh, you know, do make a run that we won't be at the Coliseum. The other thing is you got to hope that the, the team has kind of picked up on this and, and will has picked up on how much the Coliseum means to this fan base and will kind of hold events there for road games and such yeah. like watch watch parties. But yeah. Who knows? Who knows with the Islanders? They sometimes swing and miss on stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, the timing of the actual announcement. I mean, Lou Lamarello said, like, you know, we had we had to say something. Like, you know, it was the time and the decision was made. Uh, the press release. Uh, you're right. It was very odd in that it did include the name of the governor, who man has taken a real, real shine to this franchise. And I mean, it's good to have a guy like that in your back pocket, I guess. But boy, is it weird. Like, you know, I mean. The, the Islanders couldn't get a, a politician to return their calls half the time for years. And now all of a sudden the governor is like, no, you guys are going to play here for this amount of time. It's like, uh, okay, sir, whatever you say, which is kind of weird. But also, yeah, when they mention that it's not an NHL major league facility, it's like, well, then what the hell are we playing 20 games here for uh, this year? But, you know, Arthur Staple mentioned on Twitter before, I, I, I think that probably leads to some more renovations this year they already dropped six million dollars to renovate them to get them to play there this year maybe that means some more 
uh, to get them back up to snuff, you know, adding maybe more broadcast infrastructure and <laughs> maybe some working toilets in the executive suites, uh, again, as a possibility. Um, hopefully not more seats where that concourse is because I think people like having that back concourse there. But, um, you know, I, I think, again, if, if this is a real problem, if our big complaint a few months from now is, man, I can't believe they're playing the Eastern Conference Finals in Barclays Center, I think that's probably pretty good. I think it's safe to say that we're probably pretty happy and uh, and to be honest, people are going to make fun of the Islanders no matter where they play. So honestly, it, if you're afraid of somebody being like, well, look at this building, it's terrible. Like they're going to say that anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny. It's the, the Islanders are the only franchise in sports where, well, first of all, they play in two arenas. So that's one. But that they're quote unquote not up to major league standards arena hmm. is the arena that you can see the game from every seat. <laughs> the other, it's amazing yeah. that the other arena is like, Oh, this is like, this is the major league arena. The hmm. one where half, half the seats you can't see. And <laughs> I, so it's just, it's it, that, that pissed me off too. When they, when they said that, I'm like, Really, like <laughs> the uh, the non major league arena is the one where everybody wants him to play. In the major league yes, arenas, everybody's yes. like, you know what, man? I think thanks a lot, but I think we're kind of done here. Uh, so yeah, that is that is a very Islanders thing to have happen for sure. Um, uh, so uh, meanwhile, while the Islanders are playing the Oilers uh, on Saturday night, uh, the before actually I should say prior to that game, they made another move by assigning. Uh, Andrew Ladd and Thomas Hickey to Bridgeport uh, to get some playing time while the Sound Tigers played two games this weekend. Uh, at the same time, they were also placed on long-term injured reserve. Uh, and I saw Lou Lamarello say it. Uh, I want to get to him back in, in a second, um, which basically means that if they're on long-term injured reserve, there's no like timetable for them to come off that they can, they can kind of be activated whenever provided they feel pretty good. Um, you got to remember too, after the trade deadline, Roster to expand, things can be moved around. So I don't think that means that they're going to be out for a long time. It just it's a place to stash them, which basically you know where they don't have to come off right away. Whereas a conditioning loan, a straight conditioning loan, I think it's only two weeks. So the Islanders kind of basically bought themselves more time than that uh, with those two guys. But uh, you know what happens when you send NHL players to the AHL? We saw it with Yaro Halak. He went down there and he went on a, a crazy run. Well, Ladd and Hickey both. Picked up a bunch of points this weekend, and Ladd uh, had a hand in Josh Hosang having a five-point day today <laughs> against uh, – who the heck did they play? I forget who, but uh, they beat them pretty pretty good. Josh Hosang had a hat trick and then two additional assists for his first five-point game as a pro, first hat trick as a pro. And uh, I think it's safe to say those guys are probably ready, but, again, don't expect them to be activated anytime soon. Um Again, it's, you know, just like the Barclays Center thing, like this is two guys that could potentially help your lineup ready to be added. And I don't have the first clue as to where they would go. And that's probably a good problem to have because now we need to fit two guys, especially in, in Hickey's case. You know, he was he was one of the top their top six defensemen, top four defensemen. And he's been kind of supplant, you know, supplanted for the last couple of weeks, and now we've got to find a spot for him. These are good problems to have, and you know, you got to hope to trust the coaching staff that they know where to put these guys when they are, in fact, ready to come off long-term injured reserve slash conditioning stint. Yeah, I think uh, Hickey, Hickey, I think um, the ideal scenario for me would be him, like a, maybe a straight swap for him, for Pellick, um, or to maybe kind of be like, it's just between those you two, you 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 guys are the number six and seven defensemen. Whoever is running hot is going to be the one that plays. 
Um, Lad is a little more complicated for mm. sure. Uh, and it's funny because it's the reason it's complicated is because even though Valtteri Filippola and and Leo Komarov are two of the worst players, you know, <laughs> in the league, I cannot see any reason that Barry Trotz would ever take either one of them out of the nope. lineup. It just, Absolutely you know, not. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're, those two are, are fixtures uh, in the lineup. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and I mean, Tom Kunakel was playing again. The Islanders don't lose when Tom Kunakel's in the lineup. <laughs> so, yeah, the guy it's going to really affect probably is Michael Dalcole most of all. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah, okay. He's sad for Kunakel and. You know, they wanted to get Kuhnhockel in the lineup for the veteran IQ or whatever it was that, that Trot said. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm okay with sitting down Cole. Like, he's played a bunch of games in a row. He's played really well. I, I think it's okay to sit the guy. But once, you know, he's not like a fixture in the lineup. It's it's fine. But uh, I think ultimately he's probably going to, I would assume, be replaced by either Ladd or having Anthony Beauvillier move back to that line and then having Ladd play with Villefla and Komarov. Um, will that be better? I don't know, but I could see that being probably the first move. Um, but who knows? You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a yeah. trade deadline coming up, so exactly. It's and, and the the Kunako thing actually didn't really bother me that much. It, it amused me more than it bothered me for sure. Uh, because the Islanders have built a a little bit of a lead. Uh, five points obviously isn't isn't much, but I'm, in terms of like just being in the playoffs, that you know, if 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 Barry Trotz deems. Uh, the message and, and the, the kind of long-term re, uh, reward of or long-term benefit of Michael Dalcole sitting and watching a game and Tom Kunak will join, join, uh, <laughs> draw, drawing in, like, that's fine. They had points. They had points to work with, and it didn't shoot – they didn't shoot themselves in the foot with it. So yeah. uh, it's just – it's if, if um, it's not like they needed to win the game to stay in the playoff race and – Tom Kunakel drew in for a player who's better than him. They they're in a they're in a spot where they can you know screw around with things like that. Yeah. So this isn't sitting Anders Lee in the playoffs. Let's put it that exactly. Way. Like, <laughs> like it's it's fine. It really is, and I'm sure Michael Dalcole probably you know enjoyed for, to a certain extent a couple of days off. Uh, also, ask Lucas Pisa. I mean, this guy signed a signed a contract with the Islanders, probably thinking he was going to play, and he's he has barely seen the ice since I think I think he's seen the ice once since like Thanksgiving, right? I mean, it's, he, you know, was in the first couple of games and he hasn't seen the ice. And so Trotz knows what's up. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll see what happens. But again, there's going to be some hard decisions coming up and we're going to talk a lot about the trade deadline in the second half of this episode. Um, as far as, before we move on though, I want to just say that I was watching Lamorello's press availability yesterday where he talked about sending Ladd and Hickey down to Bridgeport and the whole Barclays Center thing and a bunch of other topics. And I just thought, you know, I know we can sit here and criticize Lamarello for lots of different things and he's 76 and maybe he's, you know, his mind isn't quite as sharp as it was when he was building the devils into a Stanley cup contender, but man, just how much fun is it just to have like hear this guy talk and like he actually makes himself available for the press for 10 minutes to just get a bunch of stuff out there. He's making jokes, you know, he's smiling, he's got everybody laughing and then he just goes back to work and it's like, yeah, that, that's cool. Like, that's cool for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I, this makes me proud. It makes me happy. And it's just, I'm just a guy, just a 76 year old Italian man standing in front of a shower curtain with the Islanders <laughs> logo on it. It really shouldn't be that much, but I was watching it and I'm like, this is cool. Like, this is the way you're kind of supposed to handle yourself as a national hockey league team and makes you realize just how you weren't getting that for so many years. And you know, how really you didn't even realize it. Cause that was just kind of reality, but now you see the difference. Uh, yeah, I can't do the impression like you do, but I, I, I've been watching uh, 
that Ken Burns the Roosevelt's for a while. And um, I was watching it a, a few nights ago. At, like I couldn't sleep at like one in the morning, and I was listening to a speech by FDR, and I was like, he kind of has obviously he doesn't have the Boston accent, but he's like I was like he kind of sounds like Lou Lamarillo does. And I thought, <laughs> and I, as I was watching uh, the same press thing last night when he, he was joking with the media about. Um, and I was like, yeah, he does actually sound like FDR does in those things to me. I don't. I, it's just like this. These old, like established men. You probably mm. just, you know, that that cadence just comes yeah. naturally to them. So he's, he's not there to BS. Like he's there to, you know, have fun a little bit. But he's gonna he's gonna give you an answer, and that's it. And he's not gonna waver. He's not gonna like try and sell you a line. He's gonna tell you something, and that's that's the way it's gonna be. And you're gonna have to take it and run with it because that's the answer. Uh, and you know, he doesn't have to do it every day. It's fine. That's what Barry Trotz's job is. He does have to do it every day. And Trotz. Seems like a guy, kind of guy who enjoys it. Arthur Staples said, you know, he's he plays cagey with the lineup card sometimes, but when it comes to X's and O's and explaining what's going on, Trotz has all the time in the world for for people, and he's you know had some some fun with uh, his press conferences too. At the uh, after the uh, during the end of the Oilers game, they played the chicken dance, and uh, people were chanting the Rangers suck. And at the end of his press thing after that game, Trotz was like, I didn't know we were playing the Rangers, but all of a sudden people are chanting. <laughs> So, you know, he's having a good time, too. And uh, I, I just I don't know. It's just I, I was overcome with this sort of feeling of, yeah, man, this is my team. Like, I'm cool with this, you know, how often and how often does that happen now? Like, yeah. I feel like it's like a weekly or twice weekly thing where yeah. like yesterday, me and my buddy at this concert were just in the middle of a song. I was just like, I can't believe the Islanders. And he's like, there's something in the air. There's just something in the air. We're we're walking around Madison Square Garden, just smiling our asses off about the Islanders. Mm. Oh my God, dude! Yeah, it's every every day. There's just something that sends chills up my spine. I just start thinking about how great this is and just how many things have kind of just not gone our way to go. Like I, I was saying last night, like none of this makes sense at all. And <laughs> the be- the best case scenario for the Islanders is that it continues to not make sense all the way through June. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense in 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 terms of trots. I mean, I know we don't want to, you know, you don't want to heap too much praise on one person, but I really do think with Lamorello, him, Mitch Korn, and Piero Greco, and the whole you know assistant coaches they have coming in, they have set the tone. And like I, I we said it, I'm sure at some point before you know during this the season, but like right now the face of this franchise is Barry Trotz. This team is playing his brand of hockey, and actually that's another thing I was thinking about too. Um, you know, we've heard you hear this all the time, and it's just such a cliche. Oh, we're, you know, we, we're trying to find our identity. That we got to play to our identity. And I mean, the Islanders have said this for years, and and they never really had an identity though. Like, what was their identity before this season? Like, you know, think about the Capuano years and the Doug Waite year. I mean, we thought their identity was a team that could score pretty much a lot and not play very well, def- good defense, and hope that you know they're okay. Or maybe you know they're at one point they were sort of a rising rebuilding team that was their identity but you can only play off that for so long before you turn around and everybody's 26 years old it's like well these guys aren't that young anymore but like this islanders team has an identity we know what their identity is it is barry trotz hockey that is as dom has called it the the trotzian ideal of you know just stifling defense keeping those high danger chances low and just striking when you can and winning and this is the way this guy has won for years and years and years, this is their identity now. And this is the first time I could think of where the Islanders had an actual identity. Like, okay, well, who are they now? Well, they're this very good defensive team. That's it. That's what they – and you could say that, and you, and you would be right. And obviously there's a lot more to it than that. But this is the first time I could remember them having an identity that you could point to and be like, yes, that is them. They are the defensive team as opposed to, you know, the 
2015-16 or the 2014-15 team, which was like their identity is they score a lot of goals and I don't know, they're doing something and it's pretty cool, but that was, you know, their identity was just all offense, no defense. That's not an identity anybody wants. <laughs> like this is an identity that people want. I think the players really appreciate it too. Yeah, I, I can't ever remember the Islanders having an identity either. I, they've been searching for an identity my whole life, um, mm. and, and now, yeah, now they got one. It's uh, <laughs> and and it makes all makes sense. I'm like, oh, now I understand why this is such coach speak. Like, yeah. but, like these guys that Ted Ted Nolan. I remember Ted Nolan was always saying it too, and and I guess you could say like that team had an identity, and the fact that they were just underdog misfits, right? And it, it stuck. It, not a good identity. Not like a yeah. not like a like a like a pur- purposeful identity. Just that you know they had these guys who were all in like kind of career crossroads coming together and um, kind of overachieved a little a little bit. Obviously, they weren't going anywhere, but they, they they made it fun. And this team is yeah, this team has an actual identity. They're mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, crazy. Just watching every game, you you kind of know exactly what you're signing up for mm-hmm. uh, as as soon as the puck drops. You're like this these look like our Islanders every yeah. time. Yeah, that's that's so uh, that's another cool thing to see. Um, I'm interested to see what what this five point night means for Hosang playing with Lad, his help. They've had chemistry before, I think, too, uh, on the island. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully, you know, they've kept in contact with Josh, and you know, we we all want to see him again back here. But you know, he's got to be able to to help. And you know, again, that we know what the identity is, and he's got to be prepared to play that way, or else he ain't gonna play because that's just how it is. Um, last thing before we move on to uh, to some other league stuff. Last Islanders thing, I should say. Um, I-, I was surprised. I-, I you know saw this on your Twitter account this weekend. Um, of all the people to criticize John Tavares, nobody expected it to come from Rob Shrimp, who uh, so good brought the straight fire off the top rope. Um, the- NBC had put out a tweet saying you know what the Islanders record was in- on February. Uh, 16th of last year versus this year and shrimp former islander replied that Tavares is a very i did my job superstar he comes in he gets his points and that's it uh he's kind of backtracked a little bit saying that you know he thinks jt's a great player and he's going to help the the leafs win a cup at some point but his experience was that's my job and i'm done and it made us it was it got a little bit of play for a little while i think it was more from who was the source and when did it happen out of the clear blue sky than anything he really said. Um, and we don't, obviously nobody knows if it's true or not, but man, how the hell did you even find that? I don't even, <laughs> that's just crazy that you saw that you follow him on Twitter. I do follow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, but uh, yeah, of course. I mean, he's, he was that. I remember that goal he scored where he caught the puck mm. at him. I guess I think it was against the avalanche. He caught it. And basically, like, dropped it and hit it out of midair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I follow him. And, and, uh, cause he was, he's kind of interesting guy. He's always talking about hockey. And, and I think he, it's pretty clear he wants to be, you know, uh, a media guy, like, find that Mark Parrish kind of role <laughs> or whatever. But, um, yeah, I can't remember how I saw it. I don't know if some, maybe someone retweeted it. And then I just, like, saw it. But, um, yeah, I thought the, the, the best part of it was that he, uh, the the what the way he said it right, was the best part, obviously. But the the like I did my job, superstar. Because you start thinking about it, you're like Tavares was very much by the book, um, post game press mm. conferences or whatever, and and he and he was and he's extremely introspective. Like if John Tavares didn't have a good game, John Tavares said I didn't, you know, I was, you know, yes. I got to be better, whatever. And and it's 
I started thinking about it a lot more after Shrimp said it. I was like, you know, you could kind of see it. Um, and I could, you could kind of see it rubbing people, like, getting kind of a little tired of it. And I'm not saying it's, like, not a genuine feeling that Tavares has. But, you know, that that kind of, like, attitude can def- in, a, in a team where you're together for that long could definitely, you know, get either tiresome or kind of boring in, in a way. Um, and, and, you know, maybe I'm just, like, looking for more reasons to, to hate the guy. And I'm just <laughs> – it just – you know, it's just it, – it, it made me happy. It was a great yeah. thing. I think uh, I, I – Obviously, Shrimp. I'm sure he got like a text from his agent to like how to backtrack. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) These are the Leafs. Your only shot. Like if you piss off, on crawling out of my ass out here. What are you doing? Are you crazy? (laughs) You take this guy on a Twitter? Are you out of your mind? I I, I can't wait for the thing pieces when uh, when everyone in Canada goes back to work tomorrow. Oh God, yeah. Uh, No, but I mean, it's funny. You know, I hadn't even thought about that way. But you know, you're you're right in that. You know. Everything was always about like you know he wished he had done more. Even when he left the Islanders, he was like you know I wish that I had accomplished more. And I mean this guy was pretty much I think we we could all I mean as much as we still maybe hate the guy we could all say that he did everything he could possibly have done <laughs> as long as with the Islanders and it, you know the, whatever fault they had for not having that much success really didn't rest with him. I mean I think we could all safely say that it rested with a lot of his teammates and the management not kind of getting him better teammates. But uh, I can see that being, yeah, kind of rankling people after a while. But I, I look at that, you know, the the stance of I, I wish I had done more. I should have done more. I could have done this, that, and the other thing versus the way Trot says, you know, talks about it this year, which is that everybody's kind of being accountable to each other. And, like, accountability is the most cliched cliche there ever was, right? I mean, we hear about this literally all year, every season. But – you know, in Trotz's world, accountability means something very specific. It means being accountable to the guy next to you. And you don't want to let that guy down. So you know what your assignment is. And if you blow it, that guy sitting in the next stall is going to let you hear about it or at least know that you messed up. And that's where the players push themselves. Everybody wants to be accountable to each other by not dropping the ball and doing what they need to do. And that's a very different kind of mindset than the well i wish i could have done more yeah okay you could have scored a fourth goal but we still would have lost six to five you know i mean that's really not helpful if you're doing your job and i'm doing my job then we're all pulling on the same rope together in the same direction and we can pull this thing out so obviously you know john Tavares didn't have barry trotz as a coach so we would never know how those two would have gotten along probably just fine but um it is a different thing and again i mean seeing it come from an ex-teammate it's yeah. kind of wild. <laughs> it's just like what? Who? Uh, it's, but, yeah. it's and there's there's such polar opposite. I mean, we we didn't know, really, right? yeah. we never got to know the true Rob Shrimp experience because he was only here for like you know yeah. maybe hundred hundred. Uh, he's a guy. Games. I don't think he and Trotz would have gotten along very well. I don't yes. know yeah. That out there. <laughs> yeah. No offense yeah. to Rob but, Shrimp, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, he but John Tavares is like such. He is, and this you know probably goes back to the fact that he was supposed to be the best hockey player in the world you know people kind of noticed him since he was like nine years old or whatever so he has just been groomed right for, oh, for this yeah. and, and and he's you know he's from he's, the Sidney crosby school of like stepford you know athletes right, yeah. like oh, they just exactly nothing, just robotic yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh i mean so that like that's the, the stuff i think rob shrimp and those kind of those guys would get you know annoyed with like yeah, man, like you could have done more, but 
and and Staple always said this about him too. Like he wasn't very much a. Uh, it didn't, he didn't have the reputation of being like a vocal. Hey, get your you know get the let's this whole team has to get their act together. Like like you just said, like the accountability, the the shoulder to shoulder accountability uh, that the Islanders now have basically running through their locker room wasn't really the case in Tavares's reign because he wasn't the type of guy to to call people out or if or to call his teammates out and say hey like the team wasn't good enough my teammates weren't good enough either or something like that and um you know so you could see how that that kind of stuff would would rub him the, the wrong way and it also should be noted like Rob Shrimp obviously has friends in the league right still like he, you know he's I'm sure he he like came up at the same kind of era. I'm, I'm not saying like Jordan Everly is his friend, but I'm sure they're like a similar age, like that kind of group. Uh, so I'm sure he's still got contacts in the league, and and he's he's uh, much more of authority on that kind of stuff than uh, you know James Myrtle would be or someone like that. Like <laughs> you know he he he's been in locker rooms with this guy, and he knows a lot of people who will be off the record with him who have been in locker rooms with this guy. So. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Rob Shrebs' word as bond. <laughs> sure, I mean you know obviously if you're gonna believe one person, why not make it Rob Shrebs? Uh, so uh, yeah, I, that was that was just a really interesting thing. I I, we, I think we'd all call it a spy surprise. It was a nice appetizer for for you know like it, not even an appetizer. It's like because it's is basically like two weeks away from the Tavares game, but it was just like a nice little like. Here's like the the opening 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 scene mm. of, of this thing. It's just yeah. and it was a very and it was came out of nowhere. Oh yeah, it was, that was it, yeah. Hard yeah. for the course of how this whole thing's been going on. <laughs> and I wonder how how if there's going to be more of that. You know, shrimp is kind of open the portal to that sort of thing. We'll we'll have to see. Um, but uh, so the before the Tavares game, uh, we have a trade deadline, which is next Monday, February twenty fifth. Uh, the Islanders are. Uh, potentially going to make some moves. Uh, the belief out there is that Lou Lamarillo will try to add uh, to his roster, which, I mean, as people pointed out, did not expect to be here right now. Uh, they Nobody expected them to kind of be buyers at this point of the year. But when your team is in first place by five points, uh, you know, coming into the beginning of March, you're a buyer. And, you know, at this point, making the playoffs is not set in stone, obviously. They need to you know, make sure to ensure that. But, you know, when you've been in first place for half the season at this point, you're expected to go further in the playoffs. And I think it's safe to say the Islanders do need a little bit of help, potentially, you know, obviously in the scoring uh, department. So let's let's focus on them real quick and talk about, like, what they could possibly do. We're going to get to a list of, of potentially available guys later on. Um, we just talked a little bit about it in terms of Ladd and Hickey. The problem for me when kind of – figuring out what they're going to do with this deadline is figuring out who's going to go where, um, you know, they need help in certain areas, but I, I'm like you, like I can't expect them to just suddenly cast Valtteri Filppula aside after he's played 60 games as their everyday third line center, you know, like, yeah, it'd be great to have a Matt Duchesne plug him in somewhere and then, you know, have everybody kind of filter on down the line, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, Duchesne probably going to get traded from Ottawa. Those are the kind of current rumors right now, according to Darren Dreger. Um, you know, I could list guys who I think would be great for the Islanders. They're mostly wingers, I would think, um, because that's the easiest spot to plug somebody in. But it also means that somebody's going to be coming out, and I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, probably somebody we like. But, you know, if they're going to get an upgrade there, that's probably where they're going to be, right? Or am I just kind of looking at it the wrong way? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's pretty clear that it's it's uh, they need a top six, hopefully like a top, basically top three talent, scoring talent. Um, I also think so. Like if they do the go that route, which I think is the ideal scenario hypothetically to get like a Mark Stone or you know even Matt Duchesne, kind of like level player. Uh, it'll cost them a roster player, which um, yeah. I mean, I think that there's no way they're gonna trade Devon Taves. If they do, it's mm-hmm. You know, it's a really big blunder unless you know Sidney Crosby's coming back because <laughs> that's literally that's literally the level of player Devon Taves is. He's it's 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 Devon Taves, Crosby, and McDavid. That's that's the top <laughs> the top tier of the league. Um, but I think to me, like the two to, the two guys that probably make sense to be going the other way. And I said this last week too. I think it's Beauvillier and and or Adam Pellick. I think are the two guys that uh, like a team like the Senators would would want. Um, so I think that kind of helps settle the problem of who who's going to be replaced because it'll probably be, uh, you know, and you can see maybe I don't think Dal Cole would would be enough in a package to do that just because uh, of his reputation and, and how his his, his uh, fifth fifth overall pick shine has kind of wore off. But uh, so I think if if they do get someone, it'll it'll be because he'll just take the spot of whoever the young roster player that needs to be included in the package will be. Yeah. I find it, uh, I, I find it unlikely. I don't know that Beauvillier would be moved considering how close he is with Barzell. I mean, I guess it could happen. I mean, we are talking about Lou Lamorello here. So if he sees a move there to upgrade a spot and, you know, Bo has had a, a, an okay season. Uh, what, how many goals does he have? Does he have like 14 or something like that? Let me, he's got, he's got both more and less than, you know, he's got more than you think because he's, like you said, like his right now he's been in a little bit of a rut. But at the same time, you're like, no, it's still an impressive amount for a guy in, in, in the part of his career he's in right now. Right. I think it's probably like between like 13 and like 17-ish. He's got, he's got 13 goals, 7 assists this season in 57 games. And, I mean, I think, you know, he's on pace to finish with another 20, which would be great. But he's working on that Cy Young type season, you know, where he's got all goals and no assists. And, you know, I mean, in fairness, he's he's kind of the finisher on, on whatever line he's been on, whether it was with Barzell or where he's at now with Filpola and uh, and Komarov. Um, you know, I, I could see him being moved at the same time. Like, I don't know. I, I guess if you're the Senators and you're looking for kind of anything, uh, you can, you know, get you know, a cost-controlled young player who's already scored 20 in a season – that's the kind of guy you would want. I just, I'm not sure if, you know, you'd really trade Matt Barzell's good buddy. It's possible. Um, you know, Jordan Everly again, is, an, is a guy I would think would be, you know, if the guy who would kind of be removed and I don't think would shake up too much of the chemistry, um, but he's also a UFA. So you don't know, that's probably not going to be the kind of value that, again, somebody like the Senators is going to, are going to want. Um, you know, Pelic has played really well over the last couple of games and hopefully, He's the kind of guy, you know, whenever they, they announce every every writer now does this thing where like they show you who the scouts are at all these games. It's like, oh my God, there's you know, who's who's at the Oilers Islanders game? Well, there's like, you know, three guys from LA and four guys from Montreal and ten guys from these other teams. And I wonder if like Adam Pellick is always the kind of guy to me that a team would be scouting because he's never gonna show up on on a stat sheet anywhere because he doesn't score a ton of goals and they just wanna kinda watch him how he plays, how he, how smart he is, what he does. And, yeah, he's the kind of guy I, I would think would be a good addition. But, you know, I mean, he, we're all talking about a guy who's, you know, a defensive-type defenseman. Like, he's not really going to move the needle unless somebody thinks he's the next, you know, 
Chris Pronger or somebody like that, then then they think they're getting a steal. Um, it's obviously dependent on on who comes back the other way. For my money, the guy that I think makes the most sense for the Islanders, although unfortunately he seems like he's one of the few guys who might move, uh, would be Mark Stone. Um, you mentioned him before from Ottawa. He's got you know thirty goals already, I think, this season. He and but more importantly, he's a very very adept defensive player, probably more so than a lot of people realize. Uh, you know, if you don't watch a lot of Senators games, I don't watch a lot of Senators games, so I'm taking this on uh, things that I have read and, and, you know, kind of heard around. Um, but I feel like he's the kind of player who would come to a Barry Trotz coach team and fit right in. And I think a lot of the Islanders' success this year has been about chemistry. And, you know, when I look at a lot of defense, a lot of players that are available, I'm always like, eh, I don't know. I mean, is, is Artemi Panarin going to come in here and play the trot style i don't know about that but mark stone i feel like is the guy who would play the trot style oh and also could you know score a hat trick on any given night because he's got a shot that is deadly and a very high hockey iq so that's yeah. my pick but i think he's definitely the top of my list too and uh i kind of have a, a if just this is complete uh hypothesis on my part i think um lamarillo starting to make it known the islanders are interested in matt duchene and I think uh, it could be just like a negotiating play where you're like, all right, like, you know, what do you want for Duchesne? And they'll be like, we want this, 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 and this. And they say, uh, you know, that's too much. Uh, how about that other guy? Uh, the other, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, the lesser, the lesser guy in, because Stone, who probably is a better player than Duchesne yeah. in, in like actual, in reality, but this doesn't have the same reputation as him uh, league wide. I think Islander fans, no, know his his game pretty well just because we you know he's the guy we all want um but yeah i mean they're those those are the two guys that like i think that if 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 they end up coming to the island the uh it'll it'll be a pretty big piece on the roster going back the other way and i think those are the two guys pelican and beauvillier that i can see being the like like the the young roster player that every team says they want when they say oh well what's the package you want for mark stone a first round pick, a young roster player and prospects. Yeah. Um, and the, the Islanders only have so many young roster players. And so those are the two, <laughs> those are the two guys at the front of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wonder too, if, if Dal Cole, you know, has kind of turned heads a little bit, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I mean, I, you know, the, the joke that's been played out for a long time now is like, nobody knows what Lou Lamarillo is going to do. I, I mean, yeah, that's true, but I don't know what he's going to do because you know, like they could do anything. Like I just I can't I can't visualize that move where you just take a guy and let's like boop, pop him right in there. Um, I'm not a huge Duchesne guy. I mean, he's great and everything. Don't get me wrong. If the Islanders were to get him and there have been some rumors that they've talked, uh, you know, again, I'm, if you're it depends on how much how willing you are to buy Islanders rumors because they don't leak anything. So maybe it's the senators trying to leak uh, stuff. <laughs> you never know. But uh I just, I don't know, I, I don't see a real fit there other than, you know, this guy's good at hockey. Uh, I also don't see him signing a contract here. I think that's, you know, a, a thing, too, with a lot of these guys is their UFAs. And the Islanders already have four UFA five UFAs, if you count Philpola and Leonard, on top of Everly, Lee, and Nelson. So, I mean, to add another one is really, really, really playing with fire. And, you know, the guys that have already been here, you can kind of sell them on. I would expect Lee and probably Leonard to get contracts, you know, Nelson, probably most likely Philpola, maybe even, but maybe he's a one and done type of deal. Cause they can, that would be an easy upgrade there too. 
Um, Everly, I think we could all probably admit is probably not going to be here that long. But you know, to, to sell a newcomer on the joys of playing at two separate arenas, <laughs> it might be difficult uh, for a couple of years unless they have some kind of beautiful rendering of the uh, the Belmont Arena that they could sell them on. So that's another <laughs> issue too. Like I just don't know how they're going to get these guys to sign and and how that affects the price tag too. So. Yeah, yeah, the the. the, the... Aside from him being a great hockey player, the thing that is the most attractive to me about Matt Duchesne would just be kind of the uh, irony of him <laughs> ending up on the Islanders. Yeah, I know, right? After all, <laughs> after all yeah. the 2009 drama and all that stuff, then they got to go out and exactly. get Victor Hedman at some point too. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be something. So, so you know, this, it's Sunday night, and and we got a whole week plus uh, to. Uh, I'm sure at this time. Next week, the uh, phones are going to be burning up, and and we're going to possibly see a lot of stuff happening. So, in order to try and keep this relevant, let let's play a game. I'm gonna uh, name a guy. I got ten guys here. I said eight when we before we started, but then I forgot two of them, so I added two more. Uh, so I got ten guys here, and let's just do a, a yay or nay uh, if we think they're going to get traded or not. Real quick, this is kind of like a Mike and the Mad Dog style style segment here. Um, but uh, I'm just going to throw a name out there. You tell me if you think he's going to get traded or not, or if he sticks with his current team uh, through the trade deadline. All right, you ready? Ready. Okay, we're going to start local with two guys. This is uh, going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with a guy who I think Islanders fans secretly like, uh, and maybe kind of hope maybe fight with the might fit with the Islanders a little bit. Uh, that would be Matt Zuccarello, the uh, diminutive Norwegian who plays for the Rangers right now. He's a UFA. Um, yeah or nay, do you think he gets moved at the dra- t- trade deadline? Yeah, I think he, he, he gets moved. Yeah, definitely. I uh, can, I can, if you close your eyes, like I can picture him in a Dallas Stars jersey. Just, <laughs> just I could like see him wearing those colors. He definitely seems like a guy, a guy who would be moved. Um, you know, but at the same time, I feel like he, he might be one of those kind of career ranger guys. Uh, I could see him being moved. And uh, he, of all the guys on this list, I think I can see him as an Islander the most. <laughs> Cause I feel like, you know, it'd be kind of a favor to him. He could stay local. He's playing on a good team. I think Lou might think that he might be the most likely to stay. Uh, and uh, because he already knows the area, I'm sure he hangs out on Long Island all the time. So I'm sure he knows the area pretty well. I do think he, I also think he gets moved. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think he comes, I, I think he becomes an Islander. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That's what I think. Oh. Wow. I'm going bold. That would be, that would be something. That would be something. It would be a they'll have to, they'll have time. to un, unretire uh, Eric Bolton's number for him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's, that'd be pretty wild. So, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll figure that out. Now, um, Zuccarello has a, a teammate that's also a UFA. That would be Kevin Hayes. Uh, I think he gets moved to probably to some like West coast team. And we all forget Kevin Hayes ever played for the Rangers. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's going to get moved and he's, his price of things going to be pretty high. Yeah. I hope, I hope he gets moved to uh yeah, a team that's not in, cause I don't see him coming to the Islanders. I hope no. he goes out West I, cause he's, he's good. He's yeah, he's, he's good, but I, I could see him being moving out there and kind of being a little bit like, um remember Ray Shepard? Like he, he was like, a really yeah. good player that was always seemed to be on a different team every year. <laughs> he was, you know, he was on the Panthers for a while. He was on the Red Wings for a while. Then he was on the Panthers for a while. And then he just popped up in all kinds of weird play. Ray Whitney too was another guy. He just kind of showed up on weird teams every once in a while. So um, I could see Kevin Hayes being one of those guys. Now, in fairness, Larry Brooks um, reports that they are kind of working on contract extensions for these guys, but we'll see what happens. I mean, everybody always says that. Uh, okay, next one is uh, so so far we got. 
yays on both of these guys, uh, Zuccarello and Hayes. Here's a new a new name that kind of creeped up recently. I don't know if he's necessarily on the block, but uh, I think with the right deal, his team would move him. That would be Jonathan Huberdeau of the Florida Panthers, who beat the Montreal Canadiens tonight, uh, which is kind of good news for the Islanders. Um, I'm not quite sure he moves. Uh, again, it's not like he's on the block, but he's a good player too, and I could kind of see him, much like Nick Bugstad, who was already moved by the Panthers, kind of maybe maybe hoping for a change of scenery. He's been down there a long time, kind of seen some shit, maybe kind of feels like moving on. But what do you think with Jonathan Huberdeau? Yeah, I don't think he, he gets traded, but yeah, I would drive down to Sunrise and pick him up. <laughs> he's another <laughs> one of those guys who's like enormous, you know? And, yeah. And he's a good player, but he's kind of had some down years. I, I don't think he moves either. I agree with you, but uh, he, he had a he had a, a nice quote too, like um, kind of honest about he's someone brought up, I guess that his name was mentioned in a couple of rumors or whatever, and and he's like, honestly, it does make sense that you know my name <laughs> pop up because we haven't done anything here. And like, at some point you got to say, all right, this core isn't the one to do it. So right. uh, kudos to Huberdeau. Uh, ho- <laughs> ho- hopefully he's an Islander yeah. soon. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, he's a good When I saw that name pop up, I was like, Oh man, you read my mind. I think it was, I think it may have been Frank Saravelli of TSN who mentioned that. I was like, Oh man, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Um, but I don't think he moves either. Um, a little bit closer, uh, but also in the Eastern conference, Marcus Johansson was traded to the devils a couple of years ago for, I think a second round pick and it seemed like wow that's a good deal for the devils and he's pretty much been hurt almost the entire time like he's he's i don't think he's barely played a full season in the last two years um good player he's back and he's healthy now the devils won again today he knows barry trotz very well um what do you think with with johansson do you think he moves on from new jersey yeah i think so i think he's going to be like the type the quintessential marcus johansson for a third round pick that like <laughs> You know, Yannick Perot was always yeah. dealt for, you know, so, so uh, he was such a good face off guy that everybody always traded for him. At yeah, point. <laughs> I, I loved I loved Yannick Perot. He, yeah, he signed the one year deal and you're like, oh, I can't wait for four months from now when someone gives up a fifth round pick for, <laughs> for Yannick Perot and talks about how they need him for face offs in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he'll just be like that. Yeah. Nondescript trade to a yeah. uh, team team like de- a decent team on the fringes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think he gets traded, too. I don't think he gets traded to the Islanders. I don't think that connection, uh, you know, whether it's Lou or Trotz, I don't think that that bears too much. I, I don't think he and again, he's a center. Um, he, I think he would be, you know, it's funny. I, I don't think he gets traded. I think he gets traded. I don't think he gets traded to the Islanders, but I do think he would make a pretty good replacement for Phil Bula, uh in the offseason. If the Islanders, you know, sign him to a one or two year deal to be their third line center, I think it would be pretty good, but he's got to stay healthy. That's his, that's his big problem. And you know, if yep. he can stay healthy, great. He's a good player, but if he can't, and you just, you might as well just set your money on fire. That'd be a problem. Uh, okay. Western conference, uh, name that popped up. I can't believe he's here. I can't believe he signed with LA thinking it would, they were going to be a contender. That would be Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, Kovalchuk came up a little while ago. I'll be honest. Like I thought for a while that he might be a good addition to the Islanders, being, you know, power play guy, being a scoring guy, play a lot of plays in the lineup, had a reputation for being a pretty good defensive player when he was here in America for the first time. But I've since been kind of talked out of it. I've seen the stats. A lot of people don't really aren't that high on it. Um, and, you know, he the L.A. has the only, is the only team with a worse power play than the Islanders. So maybe he's not the help that you think he is. Uh, what do you think with Kovalchuk? Do you think he's traded? I mean, he did just sign a three year contract with L.A. this past summer. So. No, I, I don't think he gets traded. And 
uh yeah there's it's it there's that kind of um i don't know how to put it like you always want what you you know can't have or have never had kind of thing and uh it would be cool to have Ilya kovalchuk on the islanders (laughs) but it wouldn't you know just it would be a cool jersey to basically have and see and it would take a little while to get used to one of those like 17 though so no exactly um but yeah I, i don't i don't i don't think he gets traded and um yeah, I just – I don't think – like you said, like Barry Trotz, hockey, I can't – I think Kovalchuk was kind of like dec- – he was such a good dynamic player that that was why he was decent defensively. Right. Um, and he just – he's lost his step obviously and yeah, no, no thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he gets traded either. Uh, you know, I don't think he wants to be traded, uh, but uh, that's that's a weird situation. Again, he, he signed with L.A. thinking they'd be a, a contender, and they've been – you know, the, the, the entire Western Conference has kind of climbed back into the playoff conversation lately, um, but I don't, I don't think the, this is the team that he thought he was going to be signing up for. You know, it's funny, um, in another time, you know, the best the – best, player to add for the Islanders would be Marion Hosa. Like if we could go back in time, like he would be the perfect guy. To, I mean, if you added Hosa yeah. to this team, this would be a Stanley cup contender. Like they just, but I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, <laughs> but I wish that that would be awesome. Um, staying in Southern California is another guy who's been on the block. Another UFA, uh, Jakob Silverberg. He is with Anaheim. They were terrible. They barely won a game in the course of two months, but somehow stayed in the playoff picture. Um, there's been a lot of reports about him re-signing with the Ducks. He doesn't want to leave. Uh, Mike Carver has been all over the uh, Bring Silverberg to Long Island uh, train, and he was kind of talked out of it <laughs> by uh, a guest on his show saying that, yeah, he's probably going to re-sign here. So uh, I, I don't think he moves. I think he stays and re-signs. But uh, you never know. So so far, you and I have been in agreement. But what do you think, what do you think about Silverberg? Yeah, I actually think the Ducks would be wise to move him uh, because they can. he's probably there best rental piece that they can you know just yeah cash in on um, his, his playoff numbers are out out of control like it's just he <laughs> he would he like he would be a, a good piece he'd be an uh, he's a guy who will play the full 200 foot game or whatever and has some scoring touch he's big uh i think he does actually I, i'll say yeah he gets moved but like yeah. you know and he's a, definitely a guy that you know i would have on my short list and would make a couple phone calls after Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, he's a good player. Uh, but uh, yeah, every year too, we, we you know a lot of hockey media guys do this dance of like, well, he could be moved at the trade deadline, but he could always resign. Like, and he and Silverberg is like one of those guys. Again, this has happened like twice in the last fifty years, so it never it never happens nearly as often as people talk about it happening. But you know, I can see Silverberg getting that treatment. I don't know if it happens, but he's kind of yeah. like the candidate for that. Uh, okay, so now we, we come down to the guys who are like the marquee guys on this list. Uh, and we're going to start with the Ottawa Senators' three amigos. We've got Ryan Zingle, Mark, uh, Mark Stone, and Matt Duchesne, two of whom we've already talked about. Zingle is a guy uh, with a great last name. And he's, you know, kind of a middle sixer, I guess is what you'd call him. He's not a bottom sixer, but he's not really a top sixer either. Um, just a good all-around, you know, forward he can score he's having a career offensive year right now which scares the bejesus out of me because the islanders already having you know had a brock nelson having a career here too um and you know when you have that that outlier year in your ufa year that's a little bit weird um you know if he was a rental and would probably cost less the least of either stone or duchene um you know i could see him being a fit for the islanders because he wouldn't cost as much 
you know, second round pick, that kind of sort of thing. But, you know, it sounds like he might want to stay in Ottawa too. Uh, I do think he gets moved though to somebody uh, looking for uh for a spot. And then he ends up, you know, signing with Vancouver or something in the, the next year. And we don't, we totally forget who he, who he was and where he went, came from. Uh, what do you think about Zingle? Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he feels like, he, I think he does get moved. And I think he feels like the guy that ends up on the penguins. Like, like, you know, like we said about Bukestad, like he just, he's good. Uh, he's not great, but I can totally see him like elevating his, his game next to somebody like Crosby and mm. just being dynamite. Uh, I, I it's it's funny like if 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 the islanders traded for him it would be a good thing like he's a good player like you said he's he's got some scoring jam in 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 the middle six uh and i would just be disappointed because of those three guys like yeah he's the least sexy name yeah of the three of them for sure yeah exactly so it's like there's nothing nothing against him as a player but like if, if the islanders ended up with ryan zingle instead of uh mark stone or matt Duchesne, i would just be like god <laughs> God damn it. Consolation prize. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, 22 goals, 21 assists uh, this year for Zingle. Uh, so he's already eclipsed his career high in points, which he set last year. So he's got 43 points. He had 41 last year. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He's been a good player for a long time. I mean, he's been with Ottawa for a while. Uh, oh, he's from uh, he's from Illinois. I didn't know that. How about that? Um, and uh, he's only 26. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that goes not just for the Islanders, but for anybody, you know, out there. Oh, Matthew Shane's out there. Mark Stone's out there. And it's like, oh, Ryan Zingle. Like, you know, but that, that being said, he's a pretty good player. Um, key thing to remember, though, I forgot to mention this about the Senators, is that they don't have a first-round pick this year. They stupidly <laughs> – or I shouldn't say stupidly. In the, uh, in the Matt Duchesne trade, they gave up their first-round pick this year to Colorado. And then, of course, they went out and are pretty much one of the worst teams in the league. So this is a huge, huge problem. And I think, you know, having a first-round pick, and like our friend Arthur Staple told us, uh, the Islanders really made a lot of hay last year and picked up a lot of really, you know, marquee prospects in last year's draft. So it might make Lou Lamorello more willing to use that first-round pick. And if you're Ottawa, I mean, any first-round pick in a storm is the one you want. So I could see that, you know, kind of being a huge, huge thing to have that first round pick being able to give it up and get somebody again if you use it on ryan zingle eh, that's kind of disappointing if you use it to get mark stone maybe so but what do we think about stone so do you think he's going to get traded he seems like the guy who is the most likely to resign in ottawa like that's just that's apparently they've been negotiating he wants to stay there he's a career senator he wants to be there um but he's also going to be a highly 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 sought after guy winnipeg wants him calgary wants him we want him on the Islanders. God only knows who else wants him. What do you think about Mark Stone? Do you think he's an Ottawa senator at the end of next week? I th- yeah, I think he ends up staying uh, just just because he seems like too good to be true. Like that guy that's too good to be true. Um, you know, like like Ryan Smith was that one year when he, when he got <laughs> traded the Islanders. Somehow it was true. Um, yeah, just I I I think he's I think the Senators are going to cash in on Duchesne after you know, selling the farm for him last year. Um, they'll, they'll get first round pick for him. Maybe one for Zingle. If, if somebody gets, you know, swindled a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, I, th- I just think he's, he's, he seems like the guy that the senators are say, you're like, you're the, it's going to be the captain of our rebuild. You're the face of the team right. for now. It's like going to be you and uh, Brady, Chuck, Brady, Kachuk. Um And that's it. I, yeah. I just, I would, I would say, I think Zingle is probably the most likely uh, than Duchesne, who I think yes, that, you know, before you get to him. But I would I would say he's going to be dealt, 
and then Stone would be the the least likely, like you said. Yeah, uh, Stone. I I, I uh, jumped the gun on Stone, so he's got twenty seven goals, thirty two assists, fifty nine points. That would put him first on the Islanders, <laughs> basically right now in, in every single category. Uh, I know we hate plus minus, but to be a plus thirteen on a team that's given up as many goals as the Senators is a feat. Let me tell you. Let's just say that. Um, He's already making $7.3 million this year, which is a surprise to me. Uh, so to sign him is going to be – oh, because he had the one-year deal uh, last year. So, you know, to re-sign him, the Senators are probably going to have to shell out a good chunk of dough unless he likes really likes being there and he just signs, you know, for the same kind of, kind of money, which is possible, I guess. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think Duchesne's probably the most likely to move along with Zingle and then Stone not so much. I do think Duchesne moves. Again, I don't think that he ends up an Islander despite the smoke uh, coming from that kind of thing. I just don't see it really being a fit. I, I really don't. And now if the Islanders end up with him and I'm wrong, hey, you know what? Matt Duchesne's a pretty good hockey player, though. And Barry Trotz is a good coach. So they'll figure out where to put him. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. I, I think Duchesne probably ends up uh, – I forget who. It might be – it might be um, Pierre Lebrun has, you know, Duchesne kind of – he's kind of like stoking the – greasing the wheels so that uh, Duchesne ends up in Nashville. I could totally see that happening. Somehow the Predators always pull these kinds of moves out of their, their behind. They've got Brian Boyle already this year and Cody McLeod. Sorry, how could I ever forget about Cody McLeod? Um, but I could see <laughs> that being a move or even for Winnipeg if Winnipeg really wants to kind of, you know, give their – playoff push uh, their Stanley Cup push a real press uh I could see Duchesne being that guy and uh you know really helping them and, and being able to get him too one other thing about the Duchesne irony is that so he wears number nine nah. uh, uh, or was he 96 now with the Senators yeah or, yeah he but, was nine with the Avalanche yeah right I was just thinking like if if uh obviously you can't wear nine with uh hmm. with the with the Islanders so if he took over 91, it would just be great. <laughs> but anyways. That would be pretty good. Uh, I'm also wondering, you know, while I'm sitting here looking at the uh, Senators page on Cap Friendly, I wonder if uh, Pierre Dorian is going to try and sneak a Bobby Ryan onto any of these kind of deals. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really afraid of Cody <laughs> Cece, too. Like, yeah, Cody Cece. Uh, Cece's uh, making 4.3 right now. He's an RFA at the end of the year. He's not good. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. Whatever you read, oh, CeCe, he's, you know, he eats a lot of minutes. He's good. He's not a good player. There's a lot of evidence proving this, and I don't need to go through it. Just look for it. It's there. Cody CeCe is not a good player, and you know, even maybe a Barry Trotz could hide him somewhere, but he's not a kind of guy you want. I think he stays in Ottawa anyway. He's he's from Ottawa. He played for the Ottawa 67s. That dude is never leaving Ottawa, I promise you. Bobby Ryan has four more years left at $7.25 million a year. Currently, he's also got a no trade, a modified no trade, and a no movement clause. And his current season stats are 12 goals, 22 assists, 34 points, all for 7.25 million. That is not going to happen. If they save, if they withhold, yeah, if they withhold some money, that's possible. Uh, you know, Eugene Mellick doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to pay somebody to not play for the Ottawa Senators, so that's probably also not going to happen. Uh, Bobby Ryan is obviously is also famously a Cherry Hill, New Jersey native, which means that we should just get this over with, trade him to the Flyers and be done with it, and we can all move on with our lives. Bobby Ryan is, should be a Philadelphia Flyer. That's the end of the story. If we, yeah, if we could get uh, him to play on the same line as Van Riemsdyk and then you yeah. know, just get just get one more Cherry Hill guy out there, it'd be great. <laughs> Anybody but Johnny Goudreau. So it's got to be yes, somebody who's exactly. not good. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, the, oh, the Devils just traded for a guy from New Jersey. I forgot. Oh, Kenny, Kenny Agostino. 
He's from New Jersey too. So there you go. But uh, yeah, I, I think that to me, just trade Bobby Ryan to the Flyers. Like just make it happen. Take back whatever you can get and just be done with it. Uh, okay, but that's that's another show for another time. Okay, so so far we got Zuccarello traded, Hayes traded, Huberto staying, Johansson traded, Kovalchuk staying, Silverberg we we differed on right. I think we said traded. I said you. I said stays. You said traded. Uh, Zingle traded. Stone stays. Duchesne traded. We've been kind of in agreement. Here we get to Artemi Panarin, the big fish. Uh, I am not including Sergei Bobrovsky on this list because I don't think he's traded. I think the the uh, uh, Blue Jackets hang on to him, but Panarin is a really, really tricky deal because the Blue Jackets are good, and from everything this guy has said, he is going to January. He is going to July first before he decides anything about his future, and so that to me, maybe he resigns in, in Columbus. It's possible, but he's going to July first. Like that's it. That's the end of the story. And how the Blue Jackets handle that, I don't know. I kind of tend to think he stays. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he's going to stay. A lot of people think he's coming to the Islanders. I don't see it happening. I think he's going to stay a Blue Jacket. But what do you think? Uh, yeah, I I don't think he gets traded. And if I just can't imagine how, like, yeah, it would be great if he was on the Islanders. He's awesome. He's fun to watch. Um, but can you imagine if you flipped the script and the Islanders were in this situation? Like, the Blue Jackets have a good chance of making the playoffs. And sure. there's a there's a good chance they play the Islanders in the first round. If you know, <laughs> imagine that like you traded your best player to the team. You're not playing in the first round of the playoff as a franchise. That's never won a playoff series. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just, I, I don't, know. I don't see him getting traded, but if he is traded and I'm Yarmo kicking I'd send that dude as far out in the Western conference as I could possibly find a place to send him, you know? Exactly. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's definitely tough. Uh, he's just, it's, I keep, you keep like hearing people say it. You'll someone saying on Twitter or whatever. And I'm just, every time I read it, I'm just say it to myself. I'm like, do not even get caught up in this. Like, don't even think about what he'd look like in an Islander Jersey. <laughs> don't even think about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I, I, again, I don't see him being moved at all. And I think if the Islanders see him in the playoffs, it's as a Columbus blue jacket, <laughs> than a New York Islander. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a tough situation, man. I mean, we just kind of went through this and I don't, you know, going back and listen, and thinking about the way we thought about the old Tavares thing, I don't think any of us thought he was going to get traded, uh, even with the team faltering further and further out of the playoffs as the season went on. We come to find out later that somebody somewhere made it pretty clear that John didn't want to be traded, and you know, uh, ownership made it clear to Guard Snow that he was not to be traded. Um, but at the same time, I don't. We never kind of sat here and were like, you know, oh, he. I think we all probably would have liked it a lot better i mean in retrospect had he been traded probably would have changed the narrative quite a bit would have made the uh severing of the ties you know go a lot different and i think we all probably would have been a lot happier but at the same time i don't think any of us thought he was going to be traded at the time uh whereas if you're a blue jackets fan you don't know what to think i mean it's it's tough i can imagine it's kind of tough to yeah to watch you know i think the two i think i it, it's in today's uh kind of hockey strategy culture i don't know how to say it but he kept if yarmo kekalainen holds on to both those guys for the season it just shows a lot of balls and you got to give the guy credit for doing that yeah. you know like to, to just put it all on the table and saying you know what we're just gonna go for it and that that's what sports are all about it's you know what do they say uh flags fly forever and like mm. you know pro and parades i like parades better than prospects stuff like that like <laughs> that that's that's that takes 
some serious some serious cojones to do that, especially with the way that he will be treated by the uh, the media, who will just yeah, you know, if it come July first when they both leave, if they both leave, <laughs> I actually I actually have a sneaky suspicion that Panarin won't leave, uh, and he'll he'll yeah. sign an extension there. But huh. if you know if that did happen, like just the he'll be hearing about it for for yeah. years from it, that from the media. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I if I kind of believe I, it's. I think it's kind of universally been accepted as a really tough situation for a general manager. And I mean, yes, there obviously will be people that are like, ah, they played that stupidly. I get that. But I think generally we're all like, man, that's really rough. And, you know, the person I'm thinking of when I when I think of these these this Blue Jacket situation or even the Senators situation, you know, I mean, they went into this season, you know, without a first round pick and they got three top guys that are all UFAs. I mean, it, it sucks. I think of David Poyle. Like, David Poyle has been able to build that predators team into a yearly contender for the stanley cup and when was the last time you heard about oh pending ufa on the national predators it doesn't happen like he just nips it in the bud as soon as possible and these guys and without you know no no move clauses he gets them early they love playing there he gets them on reasonable deals and it just keeps rolling from one year to the next you don't even kind of all blends in together you know like they go trade for pk suban and and they just keep on going and it's it's really impressive to have done that to you know to be a franchise and to not get into that situation you know it happened with the islanders last year it's happening in columbus and ottawa this year and it's going to happen to somebody next year they're just going to get up to that oh well here's the ufa guy so it's you know it's really makes what nashville has done really even more impressive when you think about it yeah, it is. Uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, so we'll see. Oh, by the way, oh, and also the last thing for me on Panarin slash Bobrovsky, I don't think for a second, I don't buy for a second any of this, like, the Panthers are going to sign both of these guys nonsense. That sounds to me like Dale Talon telling his buddies in the media to kind of make up this story to make it sound like he's doing a lot more. <laughs> I can't picture this. I mean, yeah, okay, Miami's nice to play, but, like, what are you – you're just going to, like, play in, in anonymity? These guys really are going to – sign up with the Florida Panthers of all people. Like, no, I, I to me, that's Dale Talon saying, Hey, why don't you, why don't you say that I'm, you know, they're going to sign, they could possibly sign, both sign here. Cause we're going to try and sign them both just to make it sound like we're doing something. It's that's not going to happen. That's preposterous. I really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm, and we're the guys who saw, you know, Grabowski and Kuhlman sign with the Islanders on the same day. Cause they want to play together. So again, something that would not have had, nobody would have thought that would have happened. So maybe I'll, I'll end up eating crow, but I don't think that lightning strikes twice in that way for two teams like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, last thing real quick. Um, I almost don't even want to talk about this, but I guess we kind of have to. So the Carolina Hurricanes do their fun, like, celebrations at the end of games. Don Cherry doesn't like it. He called them a bunch of jerks. He's a jerk. This is the dumbest thing ever. And what annoys me the most about it is that this is NBA All-Star Weekend, and so on Saturday night, there are all these basketball tweets about the skills competition and these guys doing dunks and winning three-point competitions, and it's like celebrity games, and everybody's having a grand old time over at the old uh, court, the Hive, in, in North Carolina. Meanwhile, over on the hockey side of the ledger, everybody's mad because Don Cherry is mad at a team that's celebrating too much, and it's like this is hockey in a nutshell. And I'm not going to be like Don Cherry is the reason hockey's not more popular, but because that's stupid. But like, is there a sport that can't get out of its way worse <laughs> than the NHL? It's just this is such a dumb thing. Meanwhile, you know, in other sports, like things are celebrated, differences are celebrated, fun is celebrated. Meanwhile, in hockey, you can't have too much fun. 
or else some old guy is going to come out and yell at you just the way Mike Milbury had a problem with the yes, yes, yes chance a couple of years ago. It never ends. It never ends. And I'm just so sick of it. I can't even take it. Yeah, I I actually, you know, first of all, the celebrations are kind of cool and funny to watch, whatever. Yeah. I mean, who I cares? Think, yeah, I don't care. I, I think I think that when when Mark Streit had the Islanders do like the welcoming committee for the three stars when they would skate through the tunnel, like that was great. Nobody paid attention to that yeah. because it was, it was the Islanders. But um, you know, like just just those little things are funny. And and I, I when Cherry said that, I was kind of waiting for a couple other more kind of you know progressive, if you want to call them, hockey media people. One one being J T. Bourne, who was criticizing the Hurricanes for doing this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that was weird too. <laughs> and I was like, that's just like, and a couple of the, uh, of his, of his buddies up there at the athletic were kind of in agreement with him. And I'm like, so now everyone's mad at Don Cherry, even though these guys basically, and, and yes, Don Cherry is, <laughs> is, is like a total lunatic, but like these guys were saying the same thing. And, and I was like, who, like you just said, who cares? Like right. they let, let like they're the fuck Carolina hurricanes. Like it's cool. Like, any, right. Anything that they can do to like keep their fan base, which is pr- honestly probably similar to the Islanders in, in both size and like pound for pound passion. I'm sure like, you know, you don't see a lot of Carolina Hurricanes fans out there, but the ones who are Carolina Hurricanes fans love the Carolina Hurricanes right. because, you know, like why else, you know, why else would you would you be putting yourself through that? And, uh, <laughs> you know, amidst the relocation and like people just making fun of you for stuff like this and and attendance issues. So yeah, I mean, who cares? Good, good for the Hurricanes. Yeah. Bad for Don Cherry. Bad for for the guys who who were making fun of him before. It's all, it's uh, you know, it's it's amazing that hockey, like you said, like the the watchdogs of Twitter have to do their thing when stuff like this happens. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, the and kudos to the Hurricanes too for like leaning into it. They sell shirts now. They're like a bunch of jerks. Uh, my friends at uh, Section 328 was a, a Hurricanes podcast. They've been doing one, too. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's they're going to have fun with it, and they should because, you know, again, like we were saying before, wherever the Islanders play games, people are going to make fun of them. Whatever the Hur- If the Hurricanes didn't do these things, people make fun of them anyway. Like, so what difference does it make? They're going to lean into it and have fun. And they should. Uh, that's you know the name of the game. This is this is a sport. Like we're allowed to have fun. Teams are allowed to have fun. And again, just it it's just so it's just funny to me that this all bubbled up on NBA All Star Weekend, which is another thing. Like you know everybody everybody complains about the All Star Game in the NHL. Like oh nobody hits. There's no defense. And they go to the three on three. And for the first year it was like oh this is kind of cool. And now it's like oh the three on three sucks. I don't get it. Meanwhile. In the NBA, you know, nobody gets mad that nobody plays defense during the slam dunk competition. Like, like there's, you know, they just want to see cool, cool dunks. Like a guy wears a Superman outfit, he dunks over Shaquille O'Neal. That's awesome. Meanwhile, we can't even get a three-on-three uh, hockey game in the All-Star game because too many people complain about it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, and this is just another thing. And I just, and the other thing too is, why is Don Cherry still on TV? I just don't. <laughs> I really don't get it. Yeah. It's just, you know, of course he's not going to like it. So. The only thing I don't like about this whole Hurricanes thing is I definitely don't want the Islanders to see them in the playoffs. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's the one thing. Yeah, that's that. That you know, I I'm I'm proud of them. It's great. I hope there's you know there's more to come. But I frankly had to mute them on Twitter because I couldn't stand seeing the same tweet 18 times in a row. But also, <laughs> I don't want any part of this team in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> so they're, uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be a real chore for somebody to to deal with in, for, in the first yeah and so 
And, and the uh, Islanders make them look like Stanley Cup champions even when they're not playing really well. So, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> um, okay, real quick. But, wow, we've gone long. It's uh, 120 already. So uh, we're going to go uh, – we're going to do some real quick plugs. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussions. There's a video I put there today of Leo Komarov. It's a part three of a Finnish documentary that has been following him all year. Part three is when he signs with the Islanders and plays there. It's fun. Leo looks like a fun guy. His house is completely ridiculous. Uh, it's in a complex. He's got a golf simulator. He's got a great friendship with uh, Robin Leonard and Val Philpola, and it's fun to watch, and you should just check it out. He loves his PlayStation 4, and honestly, so do I. Uh, and if Leo wants to get together and kick my ass in any game he wants, please invite me because I'm all for it. I really want that to do that. So check that out. Um, SneakyAthletic.com. Put anxiety in the discount box. You save yourself 10%. They got cool stuff. The Islanders are on the road, so if you're going to buy something, do it now. And then, uh, you know, it'll be ready for February 28th, which is a huge game we're going to talk about next week. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, get that in there. Anxiety in the discount box. Uh, You can save yourself 10%. Uh, March 16th, Nolan Dan doing a live Isles Bud podcast at the Offside Tavern. Go there. Enjoy the Islanders-Red Wings game. Enjoy the Isles Buzz live podcast. Enjoy the Offside Tavern. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, and have fun. March 16th. Do that. I forgot. Our NHLnames.com. NHL uh, name of the week is... Back checking there was Elias Pettersson. Elias Pettersson. Oh. Elias Pettersson. Rookie of the year. Probable winner. Uh, that's the guy. <laughs> we should all know what, he, what his name is because we're going to be hearing about him for a long, long time. So there you go. Uh, my guess was David Riddick. But, oh, Pratt. yeah, yeah. I thought it was Riddich, but I guess it's Riddich. It might be Riddich. We we don't we'll never know because he wasn't the name of the week. Next time, well, they they do play the Flames again, and that's uh, true. And I'll be goddamned if I'm going to pick a Toronto Maple Leaf. So, we might <laughs> as well just go with him. We'll just save him for next week. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, NHLnames.com by John Travis. Go there, check it out. Uh, learn more about the teams the Islanders are going to play this week coming up. The Calgary Flames. Edmonton Oilers again, and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, tell everybody your Twitter handle. It's the Bigly Basket with two E's. Follow Mike on Twitter, the Bigly Basket with two E's. He has been on a tear so far in the last few weeks. Leading up to this Tavares game, there's nobody else I'd rather follow on Twitter because I want to know what he's going to say. And very I talk to him nice every week, and I still want to know what he's going to say. What would you say? <laughs> That's very nice of you. <laughs> no you. problem. I'm trying to goose your, your follower account. I feel like nah, it's we okay. need to help that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or maybe not. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you should follow Mike the Big League Basket with two E's. Uh, we really appreciate you hanging out with us and and uh, listening to us. Hopefully, this isn't too uh, dated by the time you listen to it. Uh, it's coming out Sunday night. Uh, thanks a lot. Hope you have a great day off. Hope you have a great week. Hope the Islanders have a great week. And we will see you next week with a special guest uh, to talk about what went down at the trade deadline and uh, that game in February coming up, which uh, I'm sure you and I are both going to have some. Some stuff to get off our chest, I would think, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it, I, I just while we're signing off, it's it's really great that this schedule had worked out that it was so deep into the season and the Islanders are doing well. Like, what a bit of serendipity! Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's there's I have yet I have never seen stars align the way they have in a season like this yep. in a long, long time, <laughs> and it's been fun. And again, thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it, and we will talk to you again next week. All right. Take care. Bye bye.